The Why Me Project, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. It has been brought to our attention that depending on the platform that you listen to, you can no longer hear some of our previous episodes. Some of our favorite episodes. Some of the ones where people would reach out and say, hey, listen, I can't believe that you talked to insert whatever name here. And honestly, it makes us a little sad that you can't go back in time and have a listen because the stories were really incredible. We reference a lot of times, oh, we had a chance to talk with so-and-so in the past. And if you can't go back, then it's kind of just, oh. So we wanted to bring some of those guests, some of those former guests back into the spotlight. We're going to call it like a, a rerun, I think. A Why Me Project rerun. Do you remember those? I do. Back in the day, or you used to throw the tape into the VCR and <laughs> oh, we're dating ourselves. We are, but uh, a rerun was the opportunity to rewatch one of your favorite episodes. Now everything's so accessible. Well, we thought it was. Yeah, exactly. So without further ado... Here's your Why Me Project rerun. Our guests this week is Randy and Mary Travis. Yes. And for those who have... It's kind of like the people that don't need an introduction, but you kind of have to introduce them anyways. Yes. (laughs) And one of those touching moments because... And we'll talk about medical history and everything else, but... One of those touching moments, even a couple of years ago, when uh, Randy was inducted into the uh, Country Music Hall of Fame, and just to hear kind of where he was to where he is to even where he is now, mm-hmm. here's just a sample of him singing uh, just a heartfelt, amazing grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound amazing moment to hear about what he's gone through, the the journey. Um, This was in 2016 when he was inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame along with two other names to add to that list of 130 inductees. And just what an honor, not just for him to get the award, but for all of us to be able to witness that moment. So it is my pleasure, even though they do not need an introduction, we're still going to do it anyways. Randy and Mary Travis, how are you? We're good. We're doing good. We're, we're doing better than we deserve. Where did you guys meet? Mm, we met in Dallas, Texas back in 1990-91. Uh, my brother Stubbs was making a shirt called Stubbs Collections, and Randy was wearing those shirts. He was purchasing them in Nashville, and he and his manager at the time came through. That was Lib, and they had come through Dallas for... I don't know, a concert or something. And so I met Randy then. He wasn't married. I wasn't married at the time, but that was years ago. And he got married. I got married. We went on our, our way with life. And as it turned out, full circle, we remet in um, March of 2010. He was going through some divorce issues, and so was I that were, were pretty tough on both of us. So we ended up falling in love with a best friend. What drew you to Randy? What was it? I know he's Randy Travis, but what was it about him that you're like, oh, I just, I, I need to steal that man's heart? 
I didn't intend to steal the heart, but it just, we had stayed in touch over the years, the 20 some years, 25 years. We stayed in touch as families, and I was raising children, and he was had gotten married and was breaking all the records with every record that he put out. And but we we touched base as family friends. I just always appreciated his kindness and his humility. And it didn't matter what success he was finding in life. He was still the same Randy Travis, the same heart that walked out of Marshall, North Carolina was the same heart that walked on the stages in front of multitudes and nothing ever changed about him. And I think I was so impressed with that lack of being taken with fame and fortune. When we got together, we were both in some deep valleys, if you will, and just getting to know each other on a different level certainly created a mountaintop feeling for me. So Mm -hmm. you talk about peaks and valleys. We just were kind of soulmates, I guess. And I know that's cliche, but I felt that way from day one that we had one-on-one time. Marriage itself is is difficult. You go into, you know, you get remarried, and now the first few years of your guys' marriage, you've experienced more in your marriage than maybe some couples have in a lifetime. How difficult has that been for you guys to navigate? We didn't see options. We had made a commitment to each other. We never looked back, never had regret. To us, it was just a new norm in our relationship. It was not what we would have scheduled or planned, but then life doesn't come with an instruction book. We've, we all learn that. Mm-hmm. People don't come with owner manuals. God doesn't read medical charts. We, we just kind of follow in, in the footpath that he instructs us to. And when we got together, Randy never said, and I, I didn't either, I guess, because we never said, why us or why me? It was always, why not us? We all know that God doesn't give us more than we can handle. Sometimes I think he thinks we're a lot stronger than we think we are. But, you know, he's always there to get us through whatever it is, whatever challenges that we're faced with. So, yeah, it was a different situation and scenario for any new couple. We had three years together, and I listened to his stories, and he listened to me, and we had a great respect for each other. You know, when the, when the viral cardiomyopathy hit and the stroke and the brain surgery and the five and a half months of thalassa, it was where we were supposed to be for whatever reason, and we never questioned why. And there wasn't ever a day that I thought, well, I'm, I'm leaving. I can't handle it. And I know that there's days that Randy may say, I wish she'd go somewhere else, but I'm not going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. But when the doctors are giving you their, what they think is a prognosis for, you know, success for, you know, post-surgeries and everything, a 1% chance is what we heard. Mary has a, you know, fairly new wife in this relationship. What's going through your mind? Uh, I wasn't ready to let him go. I wasn't ready. And what went through my mind when Dr. Max said, we have to do this brain surgery, this brain swelling going on. It took them 72 hours to discover the stroke. It was a massive stroke, uh, left side one-third of the brain. And by the time they discovered it, because of his being in a coma state, the brain had uh, already swollen to 
an eighth, and he said when it gets to a 12, and I think that's in millimeters, centimeters, I can't remember, but he said then we will lose him, so we have to make a decision by 6 o'clock tonight. Well, this was 2.30 in the afternoon. With a 1% to 2% chance of survival, that was 100 to 200% over zero. So we didn't really have an option. That's all that went through my mind is it's in God's hands, and there were seven things that Dr. Max said have to go perfectly right in order for Randy to survive this surgery, God made them all right. And all seven of them, and four and a half hours later, Dr. Mack came out of the surgery and said he's still breathing. So, you know, that's a, that's, that was a huge hurdle in the journey. I also knew then that Randy was going to fight. He was going to be, he was, he was in it to win it, and I was going to be right there by his side. It was bleak, but there's always hope. So, and we, we choose a song of hope now. How has faith played a role, not only in your lives, but also in your marriage? Faith is just, that's the the silver lining of life, I think. And we would not have made it through. I know I couldn't have made it. And I feel sure that Randy was laying there in that hospital bed, even when he was silent and couldn't speak. I know that he was having conversations with God. I know that they had some agreements going on and some understanding. <laughs> and I know that as I sat in that hospital room at night, I would read my Bible and my Jesus calling and whatever I could get my hands on that would help reaffirm my faith and, and keep me strong. We couldn't have gotten through it without having faith. And, and I often say I feel sorry for people that don't have faith and don't understand that there's a creator and a God that made us, because we certainly couldn't do it on our own. And I know that he's the one of sunsets and sunrises and all the beauty in the world, and that was part of the beauty, was having that faith to lean on, and we leaned on it ever so hard at the time. And we had thousands of people from all over the world, many of them from Canada. There's such a huge fan base from Canada, and we're so fond of of that country and what they do to support Randy. But we couldn't have gotten through without the prayers. We had prayer chains all over the world going on. So faith—that's the concrete. That—that's what—that's what keeps us going. That's the peanut butter and jelly and the BLT being the sandwich of life. When it comes to everything that you have gone through, continue to go through. What has God taught you in the last while? Lean not on your own understanding, because there's times when you don't have it. There's times when you. After this stroke, after we got out of the hospital, I know that we went through times of, uh, Randy would go through periods of sadness and depression and how do I be what I need to be now when I'm so used to being the old Randy Travis? I, I think it teaches you that what, what I've learned is that we don't, we can't lean on our under, own understanding because we don't have understanding at times like that. And, He's our rock. Obviously, faith, God, that is like the foundation, which I love to hear. And so many couples I know will be so encouraged by that. But sometimes when you go through these these valleys, you can feel alone. How supportive was the music community for you guys as you went through this season? There were certain ones that were very supportive time and again. There was, you know, some that you didn't hear from and that kind of made you sad because you thought that there was maybe a, a closer kinship, but then there were others that were ever present for that were very thankful. It was a testing time, 
And sometimes the teacher is silent when the test is going on. And so God was quiet sometimes, and sometimes he, he made his presence very known to us. And but we found that with, with the same with people when we went through this. I think some maybe just didn't know how to respond or didn't know what to say or what to do, so maybe nothing at all. But then there were the others that were ever-present, and we're thankful for that. You talk about a specific moment in the hospital where you knew that you guys were going to fight and fight through this, about the sign. Do you mind just sharing that story about you and Randy being in the hospital and him squeezing your hand? We were in uh, Vanderbilt at the time. We had moved from Dallas or Plano at the Heart Hospital when they believed that he was ready to go to therapy. And once we got to Vanderbilt, we were at Stallworth Rehabilitation. About 11 days into it, Randy took a terrible turn for the worse. Weren't sure what that was. They told us it was food inhalation. But what we found out um, was that it was extremely septic, had staph infection, Pseudomonas serratia, several bacteria that he picked up in the hospital. And... His lungs had collapsed again. So we went back into MICU, and several days they tried to get on top of the staff and some of the bacteria, and they were not able to. So we went through that for two weeks. And I guess in the middle of that second week, they had taken me in a room with several doctors and nurses, and they said, Mary, there's just not anything else that we can do for him, and it's time that we go ahead and discuss letting him go, pulling the plug. And I wasn't convinced of that. And I left the room a little bit angry, and I went to Randy's bedside, and he was semi-coma at the time, or coma. I mean, there wasn't anything out of him in the last several days. So I knelt by his bed, and I held his hand, and I said, baby, I need to have a sign. I need for you to tell me if you want to keep fighting this fight. I mean, as hard as it was on me, I know it was much harder on him. So I needed to know if, if he was willing to fight. So when I asked him that, and I guess I was just delirious at this point in time after several months in the hospital thinking mm-hmm. that I'd get an answer from him. And, and it was just one of the sweetest moments, I think, of my life, really, because I asked him, I said, you want to keep fighting, honey? You got to let me know something. And he did. He squeezed my hand, and I just, I started to cry. But anyway, in the minute, I saw this tear fall down his the side of his face, and, you know, that was just all I needed to to become a mother bear, I guess you will. Hmm. And I went back in the room where those doctors were all still discussing, cussing and discussing the whole thing, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, we're fighting this thing. I said, he's not ready to go, and God's not ready to take him home yet because he's had every opportunity in the world to do that, and he hasn't. So... I suggest everybody get on board, start thinking life and not death, and I'll be watching every move you make. You know, at that point, I was, I was re-energized. I was, I was hopeful. I knew Randy was hopeful, and it was a turning point. And at that point, they knew that we weren't giving up if, if I had to play doctor. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was, it was, it was a special moment, and. I think it let them know that we're not the typical patients that are going to give up just because a medical record says that all of these are indications of 
non-success. I don't know. It's just, we weren't accepting it. Randy, it must have been amazing to know that you had God in your corner and Mary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, How could stubborn. you go wrong? Mary stubborn. <laughs> 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 so the book Forever and Ever Amen, a memoir of music, faith, and uh, braving the storms of life. Why write the book? It was time to write the book. When we were busy, he was busy touring and living life. It just didn't seem like there was time or there was a story to tell. But when you look back across the distant shore and in your waning years, you you have a clear picture of your past and you understand the ripples that you made in your life and other people's lives. And there's lots of questions out there from his fans. And he had a colorful life. He lived a colorful life. And it was time to, to chronicle that life and to, to share that life with the world. And now that we've maybe, if it can help change a life, if it can help redirect a life, if there's one on, on a, on a bumpy path, if it can give hope to someone, if it can lighten someone, then it was a good reason to do it. And we have more quiet and stillness in our life now, so we had the time to do it. And I told Ken Abraham when he took the challenge on, that Randy, Randy lived the, the colorful life. He lived this life. All we have to do is get it in black and white and put it on a paper. So that was a daunting task for Ken. Since Randy's, you know, stroke, since the stroke, so much of his conversational ability. But Ken did such a beautiful job of doing that. And we just hope that people are inspired. We hope that they learn. They hope that they get answers, maybe some questions. And Randy wanted to share, as he always said, as the candle burns, it was time for him to share the history that made him and tell some of the backstories of his songs and give insights to the challenges he faced and reflect on the blessings through all the ups and downs. As you go through the book, Randy, at everything that you've accomplished, are you surprised by your career? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So so then I want to ask this question, Mary. Um, As we read through the book, is there a favorite part that you have? A favorite part? I, I don't know that there is a favorite. Learning about some of the things that maybe I didn't know about his career when Ken would go and interview some of the people from Warner and from way back early on in his career. There were some fun, entertaining moments that I wasn't aware of, and so I enjoyed those. And I guess the last chapter I read is my favorite one. This is a book release day. Randy, are you feeling a bit nervous as to how people respond to your book? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine. It's just so vulnerable, and it's like such an intimate storytelling of your entire life. I know I'd be. <laughs> <laughs> and Mary, for you too, knowing that his story is now out there, how do you feel about that? It's kind of a relief to have it out there. We've been approached so many times over the years to write a book, and I guess it's, it's good that people think enough of you that they want to know about your life. I mean, I can't say that about my life. I haven't had anybody come to me and say write a book. (laughs) (laughs) That's for a book, too. That's for a book, too. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. And so I I think it's one way you have to look at it is something so flattering and something complimentary. So I think through our whole relationship and we've been honest and open and we didn't really have 
a lot of skeletons to hide. Randy has always owned up to his shortcomings and his failures or his mistakes. He's never one that ran from those or, or tried to blame anyone. He always owned them. So I, it, I think it's less painful for someone like him to, do a, to write a book than for somebody that has spent a lot of their life living a lie. Well, it's interesting because it kind of feels like Randy's lived two lives, you know? He could have written a book and before the stroke had happened, and it would have been just as amazing. But now, knowing what you guys have literally battled through together to get to this point, it just makes uh, the book Forever and Ever Amen just feel so much more meaningful. Yeah, it does. And uh, so many of his albums, like Storms of Life, you think, isn't that interesting? That was his first album. I was thinking that. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's like your yeah. life theme. <laughs> yeah, it is a life theme. And some of you know his others are Forever and Ever Amen. And the uh, Full Circle, there's so many. And in one of his last ones, The Man I Am, uh, that describes you know the music, his music, the things that he loved and the duets that he loved to do with people. And so it's just so many of his album titles were stories of his life. And after the stroke, he just proved to the world that he is that fighter, that warrior that we've seen through the years. Well, he did it in, in spades with, with his survival of the stroke and his attitude. That's the part that is so dear and precious to me is the, the positive attitude, the sense of humor. It's all there. That you know, he knows everything going on, and it's just so dear to me. To, there's days I have that are tough because I'm his sole mm-hmm. caregiver, and there's days that are tough trying to juggle all of the things that life throws at you. But boy, I just I turn a corner and look at that that smile on his face, mm-hmm. and it's like we we can do this, whatever it is. So he's my encourager. Speaking of that encouragement, uh, we keep getting messages from people dealing with all sorts of illnesses and that. Uh, it's one for those who are battling through it, but then there is the, the caregiver side of things. Do you have encouragement for those who are, or, or do you have a word of encouragement for those who are going through some sort of health-related thing? Keep leaning on God, that's for sure. Don't give up. Life doesn't come with that instruction book we talked about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you're in the valley, you have to understand that, you know, or in, the, in a dark area that, you know, without the earthquakes, we wouldn't have mountains. So you, you will get through them, and we all, we are vulnerable to weakness and self-pity, but, and you, you may go through sadness and fear and depression because it doesn't make sense, but just keep keeping on and understanding that um, it's all in his hands and his, his plans usually pan out better than our own, but don't ever give up. Lean on a thing called hope and faith and mercy and grace. It'll get you through. This is the Why Me Project podcast, but I know you said that you guys together really lean on the whole why not me. Why is that the angle that you've taken to hold on to through some of your valleys? Everyone has their challenges. Everyone has life. Life is not not smooth 100% of the time, 100% of life for anyone. What we've been dealt is not necessarily any worse than what someone else has been dealt. And we've learned a lot through what we've been through. And if we can take what we have been given and turn it into a positive or turn it into an opportunity 
you know, if we can make it an opportunity to inspire someone else or give hope, that that's again, why, why not us? <laughs> we're not we're not any different than everybody else. And that was that's something else that I think Randy wanted to 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 get and make sure is, is read in the book is that I'm just like everybody else. I have the same hopes and dreams and failures and disappointments and just because he was gifted with a voice and shared it with the world and and inspired people through the voice doesn't mean that he can't keep inspiring people with what you know what he's been without a voice just by merely being so um, it, it's opened up doors for us to make a difference elsewhere and elsewhere and to sing a new song. We're okay with that. Randy's made from that fabric that doesn't fray, and God carries his picture in his wallet, so we're all good. First chapter is all about the songwriting, second chapter all about the book writing. The writing never stops. That's right. <laughs> That's, right. <laughs> That's right. For continual news and updates, you can always jump on to randytravis.com. Book is available everywhere. Mary, Randy, bless you both, and thank you so very much for taking a little bit of time to uh, hang out with us. Thank you all so much. We sure enjoyed it. Thank you for tuning in to an old episode, a past guest of our Why Me Project rerun. Something that we're starting now because there were so many episodes that we really did love. And they've kind of disappeared from the digital world. And speaking of digital world, I did a little recon. There are at least nine different platforms in which you can listen to the Why Me Project podcast. Okay. So there's no excuses. But, I mean, some of the main ones like Apple Podcast and or Spotify. And you could always head to our social media accounts to stay up to date as each and every Wednesday we have a brand new episode for Why Me Project. And you can also let us know if there's someone that you would like to hear on a future episode. At Why Me Project on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Why Me Project at Outlook.com. And of course, as always, faithstrongtoday.com. 